We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace. I'm your host, Alex Golden, and joining me is Michael J. Focci. The J stands for Juicy. What's going on, brother? Hey, I wish I had a Juicy Scoop, but you know what? Man, the pace is right now, Alex, we're in the midst of just, there's that extra pep in the step. The air is crisp right now. I know we haven't had a game since we had that awesome comeback win against the Hornets, but life's good right now, and what better to do than talk about the Indiana Pacers today? I mean, absolutely nothing. I have to say, I got to give a couple of shout outs here, Fachi. Uh, first and foremost, my man Clay Houck hooked me up with my new microphone setup. So if you guys are noticing better quality, I owe him a lot of help for that. Just making sure I got my audio sounding right. And that introduction, the juicy, that came from his brother Landry, who was here helping as well. Uh, I was doing some practice runs yesterday with just making sure the sound quality sounded okay, introducing it. And Landry goes, the boys are back and the J stands for juicy. So, ah, I love it. Love it. So he's Respect. like, uh, can you give me a shout out? I said, that's the least I can do for you guys helping me out. And, uh, you know, just just always nice to have people helping you. But appreciate that. And, yeah, we're going to have a fun episode today because we got Dustin Dupirek from the Indy Star joining us in our second segment of Afachi. Some really interesting stuff came out today, Pacers related, in a media mid-season survey, as well as The Ringer released their top 100 players or their updated top 100 players. And I don't know where you want to start, but I'm excited to talk about it. Let's go with The Ringer's list because, I mean, they're talking about ranking players from one. They, they put out the top 20, and there was a name on there that got me pretty hyped, and his name is Tyrese Halliburton coming in at the number 20 spot on the list. Alex, to have a top 20 player is something that many teams cannot say they have because some of the players are, are on the same team and we got one of them. Yeah, let's just go through the top 20 real quick. I'll just I'll just go through quickly. They got Giannis at one, Jokic at two, Steph Curry at three, Luka at four, Kevin Durant at five, Joel Embiid at six, Jason Tatum seven, LeBron eight, Anthony Davis nine, and Zion rounds out the top 10. Then we get in from uh, then we get into the eleven to twenty range. We got John Moran at eleven, Devin Booker at twelve, Donovan Mitchell at thirteen, Shea Gilgis Alexander at fourteen, Paul George fifteen, Pascal Siakam sixteen, Jimmy Butler seventeen, Damian Lillard eighteen, James Harden nineteen, and Tyrese Halliburton twenty. I think the only other name besides Halliburton that kind of stood out to me on this list, and I kind of emphasized it, was that number fourteen, Shea Shea Gilgis Alexander. I just I don't know what it is about him, Flachi, but everybody loves him. Everybody acts like he's the greatest player or one of the greatest players in the league. I hear a lot of people talking about him being an all-NBA second-team type of player. 
And I have no problem with that. It's just really hard for me to evaluate players on bad teams. I I think that's the hardest thing for me to do just because it's like, we're seeing what he's doing, but their teams, you know, they're about 500 this season last year. You know, they were what the third, not good at all. Second worst yeah. team based on the, the draft pick. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, he's a good player, but I just feel like there's so much hype around him. And I just like to see it on a bigger stage maybe see it a little bit more frequently in terms of like it amounting to wins because like nobody expected the Pacers to win this year and look what Halliburton's doing. I'm not saying that Halliburton's better than SGA. They're totally different players, but I'm just saying for him to be at 14, I think, or thir- 14. Yeah. It just so surprised me a little bit just because I just, a lot of people respect his game. I think he's a great player. Just kind of funny to see him in that group as well with Halliburton. I just felt like those were the two names that stuck out. Yeah. Super talented player in SGA, super talented, but to your point, his stats, and he is averaging over 30 points per game yeah, on 50% true. shooting, which is great. It has not translated to winning thus far. and The the, the Thunder are, are better than they have been. But, yeah, I mean, look, i got no problem with him being in that list because, like I said, really, really talented player. But he is ahead of some guys like Damian Lillard, you know, who obviously stud, MVP type of, of player, you know. PG, I mean, there's guys that he's ahead of that have definitely proven far more. So I, mm-hmm. I, I get where you're coming from. I got no problem with him being in that top 20 list. Maybe he could have been a, a couple of spots lower. But overall, he's he's someone that I, I want to see those stats translate to winning because there's a lot of teams that he might not be getting those 20 to 21 shots per game on a team that's in the playoffs. The Thunder, I mean, they, they live – through him so <laughs> right. I, I get it but other than that i mean i really don't have any beef with anyone on the no. list because i i do think it, it's a strong list but i'm very happy to see Halliburton getting the recognition little by little over the last few weeks we're, we're, we're not going to beat it to death but obviously after the comments that wally zerbeck made i feel like people have stepped it up in terms of giving Halliburton his props and that's something that we're going to get into next with these media midseason surveys. Yeah, for sure. And I'll just want to say this real quick because if they're basing this off of this regular season and it's going like a season to season basis and that's how the ringer's doing it, then I completely understand why Shea's so high. It's just it's I think hard. that's what it is off and, of. Yeah. So that would make more sense to me if, if he's higher because of that. You know, it's it's tough because there's a lot of great players in this league. Yes. And it's really hard to pinpoint who should be in what position and who should be in what ranking because it's all subjective. It's all your personal opinion. And Honestly, I don't think there's really a wrong answer in terms of how you would rearrange this 20, but I think that Halliburton being involved in this group is awesome. And I will say this, I was listening to a ringer podcast with Kevin O'Connor and Chris Vernon talking about who should be at what position. And and they said, you know, Harden and Kyrie, I think were the front runners for the votes for the guards, but they said that it should actually be Halliburton in terms of the season that they're having instead of Kyrie Irving. So I thought that that was cool once again to hear some more love for Tyrese should be a starter at the All-Star game. But, you know, Indiana small market, you know, the vote, the votes are just not going to pour in like they will for the bigger markets, and that's kind of what we're looking at now. Unfortunately, it's true. I mean, we, we saw between Golden State, the Lakers, you know, the, the, the Nets, the Knicks. I mean, they, they got a lot, a lot more people voting for those players. Some are deserving, some are not. Mm-hmm. But – Little by little, Tyrese is is getting the respect of the league. I think it is play, the players, the coaches, but also the fans. I, I think that he's turning a lot of casuals into saying, whoa, 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 whoa. like what's going on in Indiana right now? I, I feel like Tyrese has changed the culture. And when looking at this, you know, midseason, you know, media survey, I mean, his name and the Pacers fingerprints, they're all over the list. And I think let's, are you ready to get into it? Because there's a couple of good ones I'm itching to share. Yeah, Fachi, hit me with the NBA midseason uh, media survey that had the Pacers, you know, really up there and then the votes in, in terms of the categories. Sure thing. So for what has been the most surprising storyline of the season, the Pacers came in in the fourth spot of Indiana's start to the season. I mean, I, I think right over there you could see that people were low on the Pacers. They really were, and, and we're someone that has really kind of woken them up a bit. This one next, I, I take I take good pride in sharing. It said, which rookie has been the biggest steal related to where he was selected in the 2022 draft? Number one, not Benedict Matherin, 
But Andrew Nemhard coming in, getting 30% of the vote for number one. And just when you think it's over, Benedict Matherin had the number three spot at being the sixth overall pick, getting 17% of the vote. You're talking about the Pacers' two draft picks. I'm not, not Kendall Brown, but two of their draft picks being in the top three over there. I think that, that right there is a statement. I mean, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's just great to see Andrew Nimhart get that vote because I think he deserves it. He's a starter. He's playing a position he did not play in college. He's playing basically like small forward or shooting guard for the Pacers this season. And he's been so good defensively for what they've been doing. So, no, I think if you look at it from pick 31 all the way to being a starter on a team that's in the playoffs, that's huge. And he's being a contributing starter. And then Benedict Matherin, you know, the six overall pick still getting a lot of love because, look, at six, you know, you're still a lottery pick. You're still a mm-hmm. top 10 pick. You're not a top five, but you're still top 10. And you're considered, you know, got a lot of potential. For him to get 17% of the total votes, I thought that was terrific. Uh, Nimhard was the highest voter getter with 30% of the votes. So you can kind of see the disparity there. And then Walker Kessler from Utah, who was traded from Minnesota in the Gobert trade, he got, uh, he was the second person in between those two. He got 23%. I think that's a great pick because I think he's been awesome for what Utah is doing, but yeah, just seeing our two Pacer rookies right there getting some love and, and getting the acknowledgement, like we slammed this draft class for this rookie season. It's been a joy to watch. And both those players have been huge parts of this Pacer success. Oh, they really have. And then if you're talking about this, the the category, who's on track to win the Kia rookie of the year this season, look, Paulo is, you know, he did get, unfortunately, 97% of the vote. I thought that was a little too much, but yes, I, I would definitely put him in the top spot. Matherin came in at number two with the other 3%. It feels like all season, it's been a two-man race for mm-hmm. rookie of the year, and I, I don't think anyone else should be in the running right over there. So, that was definitely interesting. But then next we have who's on track to win uh, the most improved player of the year award. I mean, all season we've been saying that Tyrese Halliburton has a good shot. Well, he comes in at number three on the list. Laurie Markinen at number one with 53% of the vote. I do think that he is having a great year. Shea Gilchrist alexander someone that you mentioned earlier, came in at number two at 33% of the vote. And then Tyrese Halliburton at number three. So, I mean, what's your thoughts on there? I, I, I can't really argue that much about it, um, but, but I think those those three really have a good case at this award. Yeah, I mean, Laurie Markkinen has been fantastic in Utah. Really I don't think anybody expected this. You know, the no. Jazz got off to such a hot start, too, and I think they've cooled off quite a bit of late, and they might not make the playoffs or the play-in, so you have to wonder how that, you know, levels out. But let's just say the Pacers keep this roster intact and they continue to play great basketball and they finish maybe with a five or six seed. And you're looking at Oklahoma city and Utah in the lottery. You have to wonder if this is the media vote, right? Maybe their vote sways a little bit to Tyrese because Tyrese is the one that's getting his team to the playoffs out of these three. But you know, that that's kind of like looking at it from like the bright side uh, of things. But right now it's just, you know, Tyrese has been awesome. But it's just been a a year we've seen a lot of great individual success from so many players. And nobody expected Laurie Markkinen to have the year that he's having. And honestly, I never expected this from him ever when he came out of Arizona, right? So he goes to Chicago, terrible, did not have a great run in Chicago, goes to Cleveland last year and was just like surprising Fachi beyond belief. Gets traded to Utah in this Donovan Mitchell trade and – I thought, okay, the Jazz are not just going to, they're not going to be very good this year. They're going to be a lot of misfits. You know, they're going to be playing for, you know, one another because they feel like they're just kind of the miscast. But he's been awesome. And I think that shot that did not count the other night that he made Ooh, with the buzzer. That was a good one. That would have yeah. been a game winner. I mean, he's just had a special season. So it's not that Tyrese isn't having one. It's just that other guys are having one too. Yeah. I think marketing just had, um, more room to grow like for Halliburton we were thinking man he's already really good like how much better can he get and he definitely has gotten a lot better but marketing I, I think had um a lower floor yeah and lower I expectations think that, exactly exactly well one of the other things that I thought was uh, another category on there who's been the best point guard this season number one Luka Doncic having a special year uh number two Steph Curry I mean come on it's Curry number three <laughs> John Morant, and then number four, Tyrese Halliburton. You're mm. talking about 
it, I can live with Tyrese Halliburton being number four on this list because this is a list of uh, a uh, two-time MVP and Steph Curry and uh, you know a multiple-time champion. Luka Doncic probably the front runner for MVP this year. John Morant, someone who's doing very special things, and then there's our very own Tyrese Halliburton. Alex, the company here. It, that's that's exactly the type of company you want to say our franchise player is in. Yeah, I mean Tyrese is having a special year, and for him to be in this category, you know, you gotta you gotta just be thankful that some of these media members voted for him because he's been so awesome. And you could make the case that he might be the best true point guard in the league. I know we talked about that a little bit. We haven't really fully gone into like a major discussion, a deep dive of where Tyrese ranks amongst the all the point guards in the league, but. You know, a lot of people look at Luka Doncic and say, well, he's like six foot seven. Isn't he more of a, a small forward? But he's got the ball in his hands all the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, in a positionless league, it's kind of interesting to see them kind of ask about positions. But you know, Tyrese is a pure point. He's awesome at point guard. And being in, in the same category with Luka, Steph, Jaw, uh, Luka, Steph, and Jaw, it's just it's just awesome. I mean, I mean, no other way to put it. It's just like give this man the respect that he deserves. He's been awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I still stand by it. If you're going to put him in that category, that man has to be a shoe-in for the All-Star game. But next, a cate- oh, yeah, a category that we will talk about later, you know, with Dustin, but which head coach makes the best in-game adjustments? Uh, we had number one, Tyron Lue, at getting 60% of the vote. Eric Spolstra, number two, at 17%. And then Rick Carlisle, our very own, at number three. You're talking about Hey, the top three guys over there, they're championship coaches. Spolstra, we talked about. I don't know if you want to call him maybe the most underrated coach because I don't know if he's underrated, but just a guy that is a really, really good coach right over the year in, year out. So that's quite the list to go on. And before we even you know touch on that, which coach draws up the best uh, after timeout plays? Number one, Steve Kerr. Number two, Rick Carlisle. I mean, Look at the company over here. Our very own Rick is in because this has been an awesome coaching year. No one's going to say this is his best coaching year because the man won a championship in Dallas. But what he's doing right now, I'm happy to see him get this type of respect. Yeah, I mean, I think Rick's always been uh, an upper echelon coach in the NBA. And now that the team is having success from it, he's going to get the praise that he deserves. And I even threw it out there on Twitter about a week or two ago. Don't be surprised if Rick Carlisle is in the coach of the year discussions. I don't know if he's going to win it. There's obviously other candidates that are maybe worthy of it, you know, but from what everybody expects from this Pacers team to where they are now, it doesn't happen unless Rick Carlisle has his hand on it. So um, I love that. And Fachi, I don't know if you didn't see this on your, on your email that you sent me, but I think you skipped a category after we talked about the best point guard, it was who is the best passer in the league. And you left out two names, Fachi, that I was going to say is probably better company than the Luka, Jaw, Steph group. Nikola Jokic, LeBron James, Tyrese Halliburton. Talk to me about how Tyrese is in a group with Nikola Jokic and LeBron James. for uh, Best passer in the league. Best passer in the league. Are you kidding me? Unbelievable. Because, look, we're talking about Jokic being the you know, two-time reigning MVP, a guy that honestly has taken his game to the next level. Could potentially win it again this year. And then there's LeBron James, who some deem the greatest player to ever play the game. So, yeah. And then there's Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, that is such a category right now that I just don't think that you could have expected Tyrese to be in coming into the year. And I'm so happy he is because that means we're going places. Because those guys, Jokic, LeBron, they make everybody around them better. Well, Tyrese Halliburton is doing the same thing. He is upping everyone's game by being a pass-first guard. People forget he's also giving you 20-plus points per game on the on the side. So I just think when you hear that, it's like, man, we really found our franchise point guard. I couldn't be happier. We've been wanting this forever. Oh, I my mean, God. You can even say after Mark Jackson, like, we've been wanting it. I mean, yeah. I think people would have rather had Tyrese than Mark Jackson. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, that's just how special he is. It's like no knock on Mark, but it's just like Halliburton in like one season is almost becoming like the best point guard in franchise history. And yeah. it's 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 weird to say, and I know some people might be like, this is disrespectful. These young kids need to shut up and quit talking. But Halliburton is just special. I mean, you can just see it, the charisma, the way he loves the city, the way he loves the – the entire organization, the way he loves his teammates, the way the teammates love him. 
this is something special. And, you know, I'm really hoping he stays around long-term, but we've got a couple of more categories to get here. Flash, you hit me with the last couple of them. Yeah, so real quick, one thing I want to touch on is, like, you, we didn't know how bad things were until you get Tyrese Halliburton. You look back at the times where people went, what about the Jamal Tinsley years? And it's like, wow, you know, look, Jamal <laughs> Tinsley, good player, not even in the same category as a Tyrese Halliburton. So, man, I just love where we're at. But next category, which active player will make the best head coach someday? Number one, Chris Paul. I could definitely see that. Number two, Garrett Temple. Number three, Tyrese Halliburton again. I mean, it's got to be, look, that he's a point guard, but you can just see that, hey, he he knows how to digest the defense right over there, dissect the defense. Uh, then next, this was the big one. This really was the big one. Who is the most underrated player in this league? Number one on the list, Tyrese Halliburton. Wow. Mm. Both of those are really interesting. Um because I think a lot of people would say on this Pacers team that TJ McConnell is the most likely to be the next coach just because of like his dad being a coach the way he plays. And I just think maybe it's because people don't recognize that about TJ around the league that cover the league. Maybe this is kind of like a more of an Indiana thing because this was a national media vote and they, they write in these names and stuff like that. And Garrett Temple, like that just kind of came out of nowhere. Like, I, yeah, I don't know much about Garrett Temple, but like, I don't either. I know who he is as a player and I know exactly. he's a role player and he does this well and does that well. But, you know, defensive guy that used to be able to shoot threes and, you know, I don't know what he's doing now, but I remember, you know, people were calling him a three and D for a while there for a little bit, but you know, I'm coach. I maybe, maybe he is, I don't know, but I love what you said about most underrated player in the league, like 13%. So this is right in votes, 13% for Tyrese Halliburton, which means that other votes were given out to players amongst the league with an 87%. So it's, it's a definitely, there's a lot of underrated players in the league. I just think that when you look at Tyrese and what he's done, I don't think anybody expected this jump so early, but people here probably are just getting so accustomed to it because he's doing it on a night to night basis. But people around the league that don't watch him probably every single night, they're just like, man, this guy is really something special. He's kniving up defenses, you know, carving them up and, and just showing people how great he is. And I think with him being in, like listed in all these categories, you can just kind of see the respect level that he is getting from media members. And I'm hoping that this is the same case for coaches around the league when it comes to all-star voting. What a world we live in where Tyrese Halliburton is on pace to become the first player ever to average over 20 points per game, over 10 assists, and shoot over 40% from three, and he's considered the most underrated player in the league. I mean, think about that. So I'm glad that everybody's finally paying as much attention or, or somewhat close to it as maybe, you know, we are. I'd say not even close, but, you know, they're, they're getting there. And it just shows that, man, this guy, the sky is the limit. Everybody, people want to be a part of this. Look, we're never going to know what OG was was whispering over there. You know, could, could it have been, <laughs> hey, come trade for me? Who knows? But it makes you feel like a guy like OG would, would be like, I want to play with that guy. We've heard LeBron say, compliment him highly. It's just people are taking notice, and rightfully so. The last award over there that involved the Pacers which rookie will be the best all-around player in five years? Number one, Paulo got 73% of the vote. Number two, Benedict Matherin at 10%. Uh, I, I love to see that because it shows that he's not done getting better. This isn't, not to kick him while he's down, but it's not Chris Duarte last year where it's like, okay, he's older than everybody wow, like that. You did that. I, didn't mean to, I didn't mean to give the jab, but I needed a good comparison. Right over here, Matherin has more room to grow. Hey, I really do think that he has a great shot at being a top two player in this draft. How amazing is that when you picked him sixth overall? No, I mean, it's fantastic. And I think one of the most special things, too, is like if you look at the the voting percentages for rookie of the year, it was like 97 to three. Well, when you look at like who could be the best player in five years, it did, it did get a little bit closer to Matherin. And I'm not saying that, you know, went that drastically away, but you know, more people believe that maybe Matherin becomes something special, but I think Paulo's going to be special. I mean, I felt I that way from last year's yes. pre-draft stuff. I mean, he was the guy that I had number one for the majority of the time. So I love Paolo. I think he's awesome now. I don't love him now because he's in the way of Matherin getting rookie of, of the year, but you know, who knows? Matherin maybe could turn it on in February, March, April, and maybe the rest of this month in January and make it more of a race. But right now, I mean, obviously Paolo is being asked to do more. He's starting 
on a worse team in Orlando. It's a different role, and he's a different player. And Matherin's just a, a straight-up bucket getter who's getting better at different things. And so, you know, I love that. And I think one thing that I don't remember seeing on the list was the Sixth Man of the Year award as well. Matherin was listed as a number three, I believe, on that, Fachi, on the survey uh, behind Jordan Poole and Russell Westbrook, if I'm not mistaken. But still good to see him getting some love there as well not just as a rookie of the year, but a six man of the year might not win either of them, but you still love the fact that he's getting some love for that. I don't know if I just read that in my mind, but I'm pretty sure I saw Jordan Poole had these six man of the year on that. So uh, I, I got it pulled up right now. Jordan Poole at 33%, Malcolm Brogdon at number oh, two at Malcolm. 23%. And then Benedict Matherin was at number three. Okay. Um. So you know, I forgot about Brogdon. Shocking, right? Brogdon's <laughs> having a, a good year. Exactly. We all we all have. But look, Brogdon's having a good year with Boston. But what I don't like is the narrative that's being pushed out there that Russell Westbrook is the favorite to win it. Because that, that I don't think that's the case. I, think I really don't. I think he's the betting favorite. He is the betting favorite. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, I mean, are the Lakers going to have a winning record? I know they're playing better ball now, but it's just it, like... They're messing with Lakers fans because that's what the sports books want to do they're just trying to get the lakers money because they know it's not going to happen i mean i honestly believe that i really do think that's a vegas tactic i don't think that russell westbrook walks away with that award uh look is matherin going to do it i I don't know i think it's super impressive to be that serious of a candidate as a rookie but you know at the same point you know it's good company to be in and i i think at this point you know to be a, a a top two rookie in this draft to be top three in, in six man of the year. I mean, that's super impressive. So I can live with it even if he doesn't win the award. Right. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff there, a lot to cover. I mean, we could probably just made a podcast of this ourselves, but you know, we wanted to touch on this. And then, you know, like you said, it was really cool that uh, Dustin Dopiric from Indy star was a part of this vote for mm-hmm. the media. I don't know if any other Pacers members were able to vote for this, but I think it was just Dustin that got to do that. So, you know, kudos to him for being able to do this. And we will talk with him in the next segment about this. Um, He does give us some information on, you know, who he voted for on certain things and who he didn't vote for. But we're also going to hear what he thinks about the whole Miles Turner situation, what he thinks the Pacers should do with that, you know, just how he's felt about covering this team for the first time. You know, he's new to the beat. So, kind of a, a good way to get to know him because, you know, you hear him asking questions all the time on Bally Sports post-game show and the in the media room or if you watch the YouTube clips like I do all the time to see what the guys or the coach has to say after the game, you know, he's one of the guys that's always asking questions. And, you know, Rick Carlisle really likes to give him a hard time too. So, you know, Dustin's a, a super nice guy, but, I mean, we're going to really enjoy this conversation with him, Fachi. Uh, anything else before we take a quick break? Nope, ready to take a break. All right, everybody, we'll be right back after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. 
From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joining us now on Setting the Pace, he is the beat writer for the Indiana Pacers for the Indy Star. It is Dustin Dopirak. Dustin, first time uh, appearance on Setting the Pace. How you doing, man? Doing well, man. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So just let me let me just start things off here by asking you, how's the beat going? Obviously, first I'm covering the NBA for you, I believe. So how are you enjoying mm-hmm. this? And maybe uh, any fun stories you'd like to share in terms of some experiences you've got so far this season? Yeah, I mean, it's been a lot of fun. It's it's definitely a different beat experience than anything I've had before. I covered um, uh, a little bit of pro ball. I did a, a year in Pittsburgh for a, a site out there, and I covered the Steelers and the Pirates. Um, so I've I've kind of got to see uh, each of you know what, what I consider the three majors. I'm just not that big of a hockey guy. Nothing against it, um, but it's it's been it's been different. It's been interesting. It's obviously not a, it's it's a smaller beat from in terms of total people covering it um that i saw in pittsburgh and it, it's it's made for i think a really enjoyable one just because there's you know not a ton of us going around and we get to know these guys uh really well and it's a fun time to cover the beat just because obviously they're moving up it's it's a fun group of guys and i think you know they talk so much about how connected they are and and, and how close they are and we really get to see that and so you know it, it's it's fun to go in there and there's not a lot of um you know there there's just not any problem people, I guess. It's everybody's relatively easy to talk to. Uh, you know, some are better quotes than others, but everybody seems to uh, be okay with kind of the media process. They're they're all in, in a happy kind of a happy place. You know, I mean, like sometimes you'll cover good teams, um, and if they were expected to be really good, there might be tension there or whatever. I mean, this this team has very little tension, uh, mm-hmm. and I think that's that makes it fun. It makes it easier, easy, and uh, you know, I mean, it's a lot of exciting games, and you just see. You know, one, just the quality of play is really good. You know, they can win on any given night. I mean, I don't think they're a, a championship contender at this point, but there's not a team that they can't beat. That they you, you, There's no games that you go into and say, well, this game's decided. You know, I, I know exactly what's going to happen. Every night you don't know. They can go into Boston and beat them. They can get Brooklyn at home and them not play any, be playing any of their guys and they can <laughs> lose that game. Uh, so they're, they're, it, it makes for a very interesting beat. Um, you know, I'm enjoying the process. It's been cool to just deal with everybody, you know, like, uh, you know, Rick, Rick's been good. He gives me hell sometimes, but he's entertaining. You know, uh, he's a super, super smart guy. It's cool to, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, jump in the NBA and I covered a lot of college basketball, but obviously seeing the game at a different level, uh, and, and getting to, while you're doing that, talking to somebody who's, who's been in the league forever, won championships, really talks about the game at least as a kind of a genius level I mean, he really understands all parts of it and so you get to really get a sense of you know how that kind of mind works um so that's been a lot of fun uh so across the board you know really enjoying this beat so far you know Dustin we were talking offline you mentioned you started covering this team in early November curious mm-hmm. to see how has your outlook changed about this Pacers group from when you first started to now? Because you were just talking about it. They could really sneak up on anyone any night. I don't think mm-hmm. everybody was expecting that coming into the season. No, not at all. It's funny because uh, they've been really they've been pretty good since I got on the beat. Like my first day, I think they beat the Pelicans that night. And that's a win that really kind of, you know, holds up. And, and, and that, you know, um, they obviously lost to them in New Orleans later. But I mean, like they beat the Pelicans when they had Zion. I think they had like, I don't know, hit like 19 threes that night or something crazy. Um, and I think I want to say Turner had 34 that night. And it was sort of um the beginning of okay this is how good miles is going to be he's not gonna have 34 every night but but there's going to be an elevation uh to his game and i, I remember um tony East saying about maybe a week and a half in like 
man, he's, he's like, you have a total ex- different experience than the rest of us. Like you, you don't know what a shaky night from Miles Turner looks like. You don't know what him inconsistent look, being inconsistent looks like. And, you know, like, as far as you're concerned, this team is, is going to be awesome. Cause like, I mean, I, I don't know, they probably won, you know, six or seven of the first, you know, uh, out of the first games I covered. And it wasn't even until the West coast trip that I started to see, okay, well, they can actually lose games. They're not going to just blow everybody's doors off. Um, but obviously I came in coming in, uh, thought, you know, okay, well, this is probably going to be, you know, it's not gonna, not not a tank year, but it's going to be a year where they're, you know, going for draft picks, you know, or should we write a story about the, you know, how valuable it could be for them to tank, whether it makes sense for them to go to the bottom and trying to get Wem Banyama. And here you are at the halfway point. It's like a lot of research that we, me and I, and it's more, more so uh, Nat Noor, editor, really did to, to look at, you know, w- what kind of sense that makes to, to be at the bottom of a couple of years in a row. Um, it was really out the window, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's like, it would be wrong to even discuss that at this point. It's so far out of, you know, possibility that they could really, you know, they, they, they could lose out and not get women Yama at this point. Um, so that's, that's really kind of the drastic difference, but, 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 you know, since I've been watching them, I've just been like, like, why, why, why did anybody think they wouldn't be good? You know, like it's and again, like like obviously that stuff can change because on the flip side, you know, I left covering Indiana IU and I'm looking at them right now and like, okay, how how is this the same team I was writing about in October? Because I can't believe this guy's not great. I can't believe that guy's not great. You know, I I never expected them to have some of the problems they're having. Um, But this team, it's like a lot of the problems that everybody thought they would have, they're not. And there's just been such quick advancement for these guys um you know the the big thing that really stands out to me is when they have a problem they fix it Mm -hmm. you know like you'll start talking about them about problem like oh you you know you guys have bad starts you have bad first quarters why is that happening you know and they'll say well well, i don't know but we got to fix it and then the next thing you know it's not a problem anymore you know and they have a problem closing games and you're like okay well maybe this is going to be an issue maybe they're always going to have bad fourth quarters you know you, you saw them just collapse against cleveland um, you know, have a, you know, just bad finishing stretch against the Knicks and almost blow a 30 point lead against the Celtics. And then after that, they've been golden when it comes to putting fourth quarters away. Uh, so that's, I think the thing that, that I would just, my, my thing has evolved, but even from the beginning, they, they started playing better once I got there, I guess is the point than, than they had been even in the previous month. So I, I, I don't know what a bad Pacers team would look like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you are the good luck charm, it appears because they have men are speaking. Better. Since you mm-hmm. uh, since they've been here, but I mean, you go back and you think about all the things that have been problems that they've been over to able to able to overcome. I think you just have to look at that combination of Tyrese Halliburton and Rick Carlisle. Sure. Those two guys mm-hmm. are just cerebral basketball minds, like you said about Carlisle, Tyrese too, mm-hmm. and he is that coach on the floor. And I just feel like Halliburton has elevated further than I think anybody expected in year three for him really mm-hmm. just taking over this team and everybody else is just kind of following and, and taking their game up another level. But you brought up Miles Turner, and obviously this is the million-dollar question, mm-hmm. and we've shared our opinions on it quite a bit, and obviously it's a very big question mark heading into the trade deadline here in about a month. I mean, you've been around this team now for a little bit. You've seen the best version of Miles of his entire career, mm-hmm. and a lot of the guys like him, the coaching staff likes him and all that kind of stuff. But what is your sense on this whole Miles Turner situation and – do you have um, a price range in terms of how much you think he should be given? Or do you think that maybe the Pacers have to be careful with how much they're willing to give him and, and that kind of thing and maybe look to move him before the NBA trade deadline? I mean, that's such it's such a tough call because I'm just getting used yeah. to this monopoly money stuff. Like I'm used to just <laughs> college ball, you get a scholarship or you don't. You know, you, you get your money, like you, you get that, you get you paid for it, you don't. The NIL takes care of everything else um, at this point, obviously. But it's just like, well, if, if you either want the guy or you don't want the guy. And and there's not a question of, well, how much do you want him uh, and how much money you're willing to give him to keep him? I think, I think clearly there's a lot of value to him for the Pacers. Um, I, I think that's that's a, a key thing to say. And I think uh, another thing that the Nat and I have been talking about is that, that the the cap is going to go up and uh, that, that there's going to be more money available that you can pay him uh, and not be just taking an, an exorbitant amount of your of your cap space up and you can still pay him well. Um, you know, I, like I'd, I'd have a hard time giving him a supermax in, in the sense of paying him 30% and staying there. Like, I mean, like it's almost like percentages is, is more of an issue than money. Like him taking up that much of the cap is a lot because I do think they need more players. I don't think they can, 
I don't think they, I think they can get far with this group of in a couple of years. Um, you know, I, I think they can make the playoffs with this team now, I think. Um, but, but you have to get to the point that you, you, you got to look at is, can you win the whole thing with him? If you're, if, you know, how much can you pay him and put together a roster that can win the whole thing or, or come close to it? Um, and that's, I think where you get tricky. Uh, but I think you can afford to put pay him in the 30s. I think they can get there. Um, you know, it's sort of my 30 million a year, somewhere in that range. Um, the, you know, can you go up to 35? Can you go up to 40? I think those are kind of the tougher questions. And I think 40 is when you get a little bit tricky because then you're starting to cut into what you, what you can pay other people. And I think, again, I don't know that they can get there without another big contract um, somewhere in there. Um, and so I don't wh who exactly that means. I don't know, you know, who they would have to go get or, or you know, like just obviously if they would draft somebody and then have to pay him after a couple of years, um, you know, that, that add, add another star in the draft or something like that. I, I just think there's it's it's going to require one other really good player um, for them to make that type of leap that they can take out the Boston's and the Philadelphia's and the Brooklyn's um, and the Milwaukee's, you know, who are also all going to keep, keep pursuing talent as well. So that, that I think is the biggest issue you've got to ask. But on the flip side, I don't know that you can look around and say there's a better big man that you can get on the board right now. Um, you know, that I don't know that, that, and I think, and they need, they, I mean, they're so, they so desperately need a big man right now, especially the way that they're playing. You know, if you took Turner out of this team, the bottom falls out, you know, just flat falls out because they, they don't have any rebounding. They don't have, you know, they have some shot blocking, but they don't have nearly enough. Um, you know, I, I think Jalen Smith has done a pretty good job as a backup five, but if all of a sudden you're, you're putting everything on him as you're starting five, I think you're in trouble. You know, I, th I think you're in trouble. So if you're going to let Turner go, you have to be able to replace him uh, for, for them to be functional. And so it's like saying, OK, well, what, who would you get? Um, those are I think, the questions that I have to ask. And it's just, OK, what what's he willing to sign for? So, I mean, they, I, 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 bottom line is, I think they have to pursue an extension aggressively. Um, and I guess obviously reporting came out from Mark Stein this week that he's rebuffed some offers. And I, I don't get the impression that that is closing the door um it's it's more of a okay this is the initial offer on the table and that was pushed back and said you can do better than that um so we'll see obviously where that goes but i would say it's it's important for them to make a push and figure out what all in what what all in means for them um and you know go as close to that as you can i, I guess is that would be sort of my advice um is you know make sure you're not just putting all of your eggs in that basket and he can get better but i mean i like He's not going to be Joel Embiid, I guess, is a, is a point to make. Like, I mean, like you're not going to wake up five years from now and Miles Turner is averaging 30 a game. You know, like you got to keep that in mind. You're, you're you know, I mean, his, his production can go up, I think, um, but he's not going to be the best center in the NBA. So if he can be a top 10 guy, he might be a top seven or eight guy, but he's not, you know, he's probably not a top five guy. Definitely not going to be the best in the league. So keep all of that in mind. He's a crucial piece. There's not a lot of guys as good as him that you can get, but there, you know, there are better and you need other pieces to win a title on top of him. Yeah. I wish that all makes it, sense. I guess it does. Yeah. I wish in beads were growing on trees because yes. there's there just not, not enough of them. of them. There really yeah. isn't. And Turner fits this team so well. But when he you does. start talking about getting mm. into the 30 to $40 million range, I get scared. I, I really yeah. do because you got to think a Tyrese Halliburton max contract is coming. It, it yeah. is in the in the cards. And the pay, that's a move the Pacers have to do. But mm. transitioning a little bit over and involving Tyrese Halliburton, uh, just recently the NBA put out their midseason media survey and mm -hmm. you were someone that that took part in that. And I got to say, Justin, the Pacers had their fingerprints all over this survey in mm. categories that you want to be in, such as being one of the surprise teams. And maybe mm. when, when it came down to one category that I thought was maybe most interesting was most underrated player in the NBA. Mm. And Tyrese Halliburton won that category. I mean, was that the category that maybe stood out most to you or what else did you see that you went, wow, you know what? The Pacers really are making an impact here. I think it's, I mean, it's definitely the most interesting one. It was the headline on the story. I think underrated is such a tough one. I, I didn't vote him that. And I think probably it's because I cover him and he's Makes all we talk about. So <laughs> I it's weird for me to call him underrated because it's like all, all I read, you know, 
all I write about, all we, you know, all I read about, all we talk about at, at you know, at, at Pacers games is Tyrese Halliburton. And, and you know, when, uh, like, I, whether they're on the road or they're at home and we see other media, all they do is ask about Tyrese Halliburton. So I guess I don't have a proper sense of where he's actually rated. But when I saw him at the top of that, I'm like, well, I guess that makes sense. Because if you think about it, man, like, he has not been very exposed, you know, like, if, if you consider the entirety of his career, I mean, like, you know, playing high school basketball, public school at Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and just, and staying there his whole career, won a state title, but, you know, like, didn't go play at a Montvert Academy or IMG or something like that, you know, spent his whole career there, went to Iowa State, which obviously is a, is a Big 12 program, but, like, it's not, it is not a blue blood by any stretch, Ames, Iowa is not a place where, where so many of us are, like, are watching closely, he had good, good teams, you know, good career there, and, and obviously was, it was, I, I think, went 12th in the draft, but, you know, and, and a lot of guys, a lot of people always liked, I mean, he is, like, the, like, everybody's favorite league pass player, but then you remember, like, how many times has he been on national TV this year, probably, I mean, was it once? You know, and so like from that sense, I'm like, I guess that makes sense. I didn't vote for him. I voted, voted for Lori, uh, Lori McCain. And I don't even know how you spell the guy's that pronounce the guy's name. Markinen. Uh, uh, that's it. Um, Cause I think he's terrific, but I didn't, I, I guess I didn't even think about Halliburton being underrated. Cause again, he's all we talk about. Um, but it, but it, again, it makes sense. And I think he's just, um, he's got, you know, just so much flash to his game. And I, I think, um, on some level, like you want everybody else to be experienced it, but like on the flip side, I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of glad we just get to cover him in this little silo that we have here because, you know, I mean, yesterday or Sunday, um, like again, he does media every time and he is just tremendous. I mean, you see his interviews, they're unbelievable. Like it just, again, for how sharp he is and how much he seems to enjoy it at 22, you know, like he, he's just so advanced at the media game. And and when, you know, we got done and he had his Packers jersey on and, and uh, you know, Tony asked him if he has any rituals and, you know, he says, well, I'm, I'm kind of a new Packer fan. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. You're from Oshkosh. What do you mean? And, and he, I, I like, well, who'd you move for when you were a kid? And he stops, he's like, and like Turner hears this and he's like, oh no, here we go. Cause Halliburton's got this whole story about his, you know, kind of fanhood and how it's progressed and who he liked when, and he was a Favre fan. And then when they, when Favre left, he didn't like the Packers anymore. So we can like, but he's telling us this whole story and giving us like 10 minutes to explain this. And you're like, we're sitting there watching one of the best 2025 20, players in the NBA. And he's willing to just do this, you know, because it's just kind of, he's, he, he hasn't been so exposed yet that he's sick of it. And it's like, can we can we bottle this and keep it forever? You know, like because it's, it's just only. so fun right now. And like, you know, at some point he's gonna get big. There's gonna be more, you know, like um if he leaves this market, obviously he'll 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 take it more intensely. Um, and just just for now, you have this just incredibly fun character. Um, fun, I mean, just human. A character sounds like he's made up or drawn up. Just fun guy to be around, and and you kind of wonder, okay, like if he ever gets really exposed, will he lose that? Um, so, but but bottom line, like that that is, I think the, the standout one, and I think um, it's another reason why I just like. Pacers fans should really enjoy this. They should, they should realize, I think, that there is something you guys get to watch that not everybody does right now. You know, like this is something that's been been kept on the radar. If you're not paying your money for League Pass, you're missing this. You, you don't get to see this guy. And it's a lot of fun. You know, so I think this that was kind of another, um, you know, statement towards that. There's a better way of explaining that. But, but another sort of piece of that news that tells you like, this guy is special and he's kind of yours. Like he is, it's like the band that is playing your local shows before they get major. That's who Tyrese Halliburton is right now. Yeah. I mean, great stuff there, Dustin. So uh, that really kind of wraps up pretty much the entire survey that we want to talk about. So, you know, <laughs> you're doing a great job covering the Pacers, really enjoy your coverage and, and all you're doing. Obviously you guys can check out Dustin's work on IndyStar.com. Make sure you subscribe to get the uh, latest articles there. But Dustin, work people find you out on social media to find all those links maybe easier if uh, they're not looking in their web browser for IndyStar.com. Maybe you can guide them. Yeah, to, uh, it's just it's just at Dustin DePirac. It's that simple. I'm lazy on every other, uh, I, I, you know, every other thing. I'm just, I just do Twitter. It's at Dustin DePirac. That's where you'll find my stuff. And I'm sure, I don't know, I'm sure we have a Facebook page and a um uh instagram page and we probably. might have a tiktok i don't i probably don't do nearly enough of it i i, I do most of it on twitter but just add dustin to Pirex where i tweet out all my stuff uh or nat newell my editor also tweets out some of my stuff and you'll see it obviously on our um uh you know indie star sports uh twitter page so yeah come check out our stuff you know appreciate it
All right, Fachi, this was a long episode, but lots to cover, like we said. So really appreciate everybody tuning in. It's been a lo- an awesome start to the season, uh, start to the year, I should say. 2023 has been awesome. Uh, I don't know about you, Fachi, but a lot of good things going on. Is there anything that you'd like to maybe uh, let the listeners know about? Yeah, actually, I got quite the announcement. If you've made it to this far in the podcast, you will learn that the family's getting a little bit bigger. Oh. I am expecting a child. I'm having a daughter uh, just after the season. That way I don't miss any pace or time. But, you know, <laughs> right over in June, unless we're making a run of the finals, I will be having a daughter. Could not be more excited. And you know I'm going to bring up right. She's going to be a Pacer fan. Okay. So we know she's going to be rocking the red, white, and blue when she's born for the Wizards. No, <laughs> never that. Never that. I do have to ask, do you have any names in mind right now? Are you going to keep those... Keeping them, keeping them quiet. Keeping okay, them quiet. We don't want to spoil the, anything. Not, not spoiling anything. Still got. It. We're narrowing it down, but we got it. We got a couple names that are strong contenders. All right, I love it, man. So, baby Fachi is on the way. You know, we'll we'll have to see how that affects the podcast schedule moving forward. I'm sure that there will be some hiccups, but we'll make it work because I ain't skipping a beat. We're here for you, ladies and gentlemen. And Fachi will not let this baby get in the way of him talking about his pace. Never. So he'll say, never that. Amy, go take the baby somewhere. <laughs> go take a trip on the subway. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to juggle it all. You know, I'm going to get my circus act on, juggle being a father, being, a, uh, you know, over here with the pod because the show goes on. And yeah. look, I, I love talking Pacers basketball. So you know what yeah. kills me to ever miss an episode. Absolutely. I mean, we are super excited though for you here, Fachi, myself. I'm sure all the listeners, you know, love you and uh, they, they really are excited for you and Amy and baby Fachi on the way. And uh, Indy is going to get a sister. So that's exciting as well. So yes, she is. Indy is Fachi's dog, if you're not sure. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, Fachi, enough about your personal life. Tell the people where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you could find us on Twitter at setting the pace three. You can find Alex on Twitter at Alex Golden MBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You could find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You could find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com slash Setting the Pace, a Pacers podcast. Make sure you subscribe and check out all of our videos. We're going to have a video up for you Thursday night after we record our podcast then, so be on the lookout for that. But, Fachi, if you're excited to be a girl dad, then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers! to the top setting the pace going to the top this is your number one podcast sweeping every team we gonna need a mop everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.